I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. We record our episodes live in Allspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Allspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today, we have with us a pioneer of digital media. It's a goldmine of stories. We've already been talking before the show, and he's got lots to talk about. Larry Rosenthal, who has over three decades of experience as a leader in the area of virtual worlds, transmedia IP creation, virtual reality content, virtual IP law, and much more. Currently, he is the co-chair of uh, LA SIGGRAPH and partner at CubeXR, which is an immersive design and strategy consultancy. Ladies and gentlemen, all of this for one living legend, Larry Rosenthal. Where'd my hands go? Am I still here? Your hands are there. Yeah. Are they, are they causing you trouble? They're down at your sides. I, I just lost. I lost tracking. Oh, How about that? Oh, no. Give me a quick. Give me a second. There, oh, we, there go. we go. I got Love it. Back. We're still back in. I, I am now back in the metaverse. <laughs> uh, for a second there, I was caught in an ether in the multiverse right. between a metaverse and another. Between the metaverse and cyber, and it's a proof that we're still pioneers. That every once in a while you lose power of your hands and they float off across the stage, and that's just what we have to deal with: glitches yeah. all over the place. No problem. Yeah, but the problem is when you have to hit when when you want to bring your hand, you know, you you, you want to hit a key to bring them back, yeah. and you just want to make sure you hit the right key. Otherwise, you'll get like transported across the space, yeah. and you know, and then we'll have to redo everything. But I'm back. My hands are back. Cool. And well, we're we're, we're super happy to have you here. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, we're super happy to have you. Um, you know, I love uh, you know the place that I'm most familiar with you these days is Twitter. I love your you're very active on Twitter. You got a, a lot of incredible experience. You got a, a lot of great uh, uh, you know positions you take and very informative uh, discourse. You know, a lot of Twitter could just be like slinging butt at each other, but you have really thoughtful right. uh, and interesting uh, perspectives on things. So I'm I'm really happy you're here. We have a lot to to talk about yeah Thanks. well I'm, i try to keep it real that's my my goal that's why i stayed in this for so long right. you know especially on twitter you know uh, i use linkedin a bit but twitter has been my main social media right. no. to uh, communicate to the world and i've kind of been a ghost in the machine yeah. for the last you decade. know be, be, before before we move on I, i'm curious you know, everyone's talking now that Twitter is a, is a Web 2 application and everyone's like, well, what is the Web 3 right. Twitter going to be? Have you had any thoughts about that? Uh, what that could possibly be? Or is that? Well, let me I'll, I'll say that. Uh, OK, so the whole Web 1, Web 2, Web 3 thing. So uh, we didn't call it Web right. 1 up until 2001. Uh, then uh, in the early 2000s, 2001. Uh, it became this whole, uh, you know, uh, it became for uh, the, the mass audience started to become interested. I used to, at that point I was, I was working with, uh, still with people like Tony Parisi on the next things of X3D mm. and all this other, stuff. but I, I knew that, and I kept talking about how, it, uh, the next wave of the, of the internet was going to be, uh, you know, people making things and, and fans and people of that nature, as opposed to, uh, business to business and, you know, selling things like Amazon or, you know, uh, catalogs. Uh, so that was where Web 2 came up. And of course, O'Reilly coined the term O2, Web mm. 2. Uh, so as Web 1 kind of died, Web 2 conferences started. Uh, I went to a couple of the conferences. I was living in San Francisco then, uh, in Berkeley, mm. actually. And I met the beginnings of it. I met uh, Facebook when they were just going mm. and early things of that nature. And, uh, and I, I could see there was a shift happening also in the people getting involved. I mean, I've gone through, you know, I mean, I'm 58 now, and I started this probably when I was about 26, 25 in the late 80s. Yeah. So I've gone through a bunch of generations, too. Uh, so about 2010, actually, and I have a blog called, uh, or leftover a blog called uh, uh, Choose, uh, Choose Creative Commerce dot wordpress.org. Mm. So the C3, right? The name Cube3. That was our original name. Uh, we, was, uh, we were Cube3 Productions, and we were the first to do like a cube with a little three next to it. 
you know, like to the third power. And I stood for I had a, a partner back then named Alex Shampson, another industrial designer like myself. Uh, and this is the late, this is about 1990 we incorporated. And the C3 stood for, the joke was it was creativity, uh, you know, commerce and circumcision was the joke. <laughs> but it was also about the new community. Mm -hmm. So that was the, the three C's. Uh, so I, I, I put up a blog. Uh, I didn't. I, in reaction to uh, what was Creative uh, Creative Commons, which again we'll we'll circle back on, which was the idea of uh, which was the anti idea of owning your work. I was against all the Creative Commons stuff. I thought it was a bad meme. Hmm. I thought it was a destructive meme. I think it's still been destructive. I haven't been considered Cory Doctorow's friend online for hmm. fifteen years. Hmm. Never met him, but. Hmm. Uh, the first we'll see if you go to the, the WordPress blog. I haven't touched it in almost a decade. The first few blogs are, are called Web 3.0. You know, uh, for you know, and I, I list the three C's: creativity, commerce, and uh, com community creativity and commerce. Hmm. And I say, if you have a better idea for the future, tell me it now because it's coming. Uh, again, because we'd already at that point we'd already gone through the second life bubble from mm -hmm. 2006 to 2009, and so uh, that to me is Web three, what Web three was meant to be. It was meant to be, uh, you know, the name Metaverse never stuck in that mind. That's another story from mm -hmm. earlier on, mm -hmm. but uh, the uh, just the th the third iteration of the Web was going to be spatial. Right. You know, uh, one of the reasons was that there was just nothing left to sell other than 3D. Right. And that's really what comes down to the chips. Right. You know, if you got to go out and buy a 3080 card, uh, there's only three things it does. It does AI, it does 3D, and it does Bitcoin mining. Mm -hmm. right. You know, it does uh, blockchain. So why otherwise are you going to spend $1,600, $3,000 for a top of the end card? And why, you know, Hardware companies aren't going to stop. You know why is the why is the M1 chip being put into Macintosh? You know to Apple products. So to answer your quick question, to come right back to the Web three, that's what it should have been. Uh, I'm not crazy about how it's become more pushed into uh, this. Uh, again, the idea of NFTs, mm -hmm. selling virtual items. I did that first in the early in '95. Wow, another larger story through Starbase C3. Wow. Uh, but, uh, but to turn it into a money raising Ponzi scheme, you know, that's where this whole web three thing is going to burn itself out and has, or it's already starting to, mm. you know, the value you, you need to have, you know, an economy, you need to have a value, a fair value. And just as 3d online was undervalued in second life, 30 cents to a dollar, uh, you can't go around selling $500,000 Mars houses to everybody, mm -hmm. uh, you know? So, so yeah. So I, so since 2010, I've had a vision of what web three, you know, oh, was, right. And it's online. It's, it's out there. Right. Amazing. Well, there's a, there, we could spend the entire um, talk uh, unpacking that maybe we'll We'll come back to it uh, because I'm sure there's points that we could talk about in there. But before we even get into sort of uh, talking about your origin story and how you got involved in all of this stuff in your career, uh, you dropped a little uh, golden nugget uh, before we started, which talking about the metaverse, the metaverse term came from the 1992 novel Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. And uh, it kind of fell out of favor for a while. And it's back uh, because now Facebook has changed their name to meta. And suddenly everyone is calling Web3 the metaverse and this uh, sort of 3D model. So what's your connection to Snow Crash and Neil Stevenson? Okay, so again, uh, so as that, uh, just to back it up a bit, so I'm, I'm an industrial designer by training. Uh, I grew up as a, kind of, you know, a monster sci-fi kid. Star Wars came out when I was 14. I was already been into Star Trek as a kid. I was, I was on a path to go and do science fiction movies. And, you know, write and direct and be, you know, my joke is I'm kind of the bastard child of Gene Roddenberry and Marshall McLuhan. Oh, wow. It's been kind of the sweet poles in my life. Uh, so, uh, but I ended up being an industrial designer because that's what Douglas Trimble and uh, 
John Dykstra were trained as. Uh, so I went to Pratt in Brooklyn and, uh, and I, and I, and I gave up, I, I actually, I worked on a sci-fi show when I got out of college. It was actually the first one that had 3d graphics in it called the galaxy Rangers, an animated show. Hmm. It was considered like an American anime. Uh, hmm. But then I got back into serious design, but did a, what I didn't realize is that serious design back then in New York still was like bottles and uh, nothing more than exhibit and POP. So I took a job. I ended up as the creative director for a number of years at a place called the Howard Marlboro Group, which was really the uh, top store design. Everybody doing virtual stores and malls now, we did all this stuff in the late 80s, early wow. 90s. Because we have all the metaverse, and right? My yeah. job. That's right. I, I, I met every proctor. I, I was invited into a room. Uh, uh, I had already left the company with my art director, Alex, to create Cube. And we were called back to do a presentation for Procter & Gamble. So they flew us out to Cincinnati. And we had um, four different groups, 35, 40 people in each room, every brand manager. And I had to explain, try to explain the future to them. Now, they were there to buy plastic tags and shelf liners and stuff like they usually buy. But uh, by using MTV as an example and already being on AOL, I called the Procter & Gamble TV, P&G TV. I tried to explain to them they do all their sales on online within a decade. Didn't get it. But, but, I, but what happened is, is that Cube 3, myself, my partner Alex, we became known as kind of the, uh, the visual fu the futurists in New York. Okay? For all things uh, 3D and for, for stores. Okay? So what was ironic was is that uh, – now, I didn't know Neil. I hadn't read Snow Crash. Uh, I was more of a video film sci-fi guy than a, than a book sci-fi guy. But I got a call from a guy who I knew who was a producer at Paramount saying, uh, we want to do this. Uh, we want to build this game. The CD-ROMs were happening at that point. Mm -hmm. you know, And we want to build this game based on this book called Snow Crash. So why don't you check it out, and we'll set up a meeting with the author. And uh, I go, what's it about? So what he said, he goes, it's about like shopping in the computer. What? <laughs> so that's what they called me. They thought it was about 3D and they thought it was about shopping in the future. <laughs> so uh, I met with them. I met with Neil. Wow. Uh, I built some prototypes. Uh, the irony is, is that uh, this is a 94, 90, somewhere around there. Uh did a bunch of 3D renderings, production designs of the rat things and hero protagonists with, you know, his ninja costume wow. and, and Stratavision was the product. Of course, that's hero protagonist that's right there. Yeah. Right somewhere. <laughs> I know. And there was another one uh, uh, in Second Life I knew too. So, uh, but, uh, and the the real funny part of it was is that I used a product, a product, uh, what, I, uh, now, Again, they weren't quite sure what it would be, the product, but I, w I was pushing for a virtual world as quickly as possible. Vermal didn't exist yet, but it was all coming, you know, and I knew it was coming. Uh, so I used a product called Virtus, Virtus VR, uh, and I mocked up uh, the Black Sun bar mm -hmm. with avatars in it. And, uh, you know, and it was a simple room that looks like it's had a Tron because that's what he was basing mm -hmm. it on. I think that's what I had this whole conversation with Neil. Mm -hmm. well, a lot of people don't know is that. Uh, it's a backstory that Neil was trying to actually make an interactive That's right. comic yep. book. I was going to say that. Yep. And uh, his, his artist couldn't keep up. His artist had mm. work. He didn't have work. His artist had work. So he never got illustrations done. So another friend said, well, why don't you just go over and pitch it to a publisher as a novel? And he did. And that's how Snow Crash got going. Right. Uh, what's funny is I was doing those interactive novels and I knew people like Jamie Levy had done Ambulance and Funk I had done a year or two earlier. So that's the kind of work we were doing. But so the bottom line is we built the Black Sun, and within a year uh, of it, uh, a German company using Vermal created a multi-user avatar chat 3D online system, just like this, what we're doing mm -hmm. here. Uh, and they could name themselves Black Sun with two Xs, uh, with the name Black Sun after it. And of course, they had to change their name legally to Blackson with two Xs. Literally, so a year, about a year and a half after, maybe two years at most, uh, between the prototype, which again was like this, we literally had the Black Sun bar in Vermal running, you know, in multi-user chat wow. with avatars. Wow. Online. Wow. So that's the story of that. And, and Paramount never paid me for the work, so I still own all the art. Wow. And, 
What can I tell you? But, but Neil wanted, the, the reality is that Neil wanted a movie deal, not a uh, game. And I think that's uh, why nothing has maybe happened in all these decades. Oh, man, that's too bad. Well, that's an incredible story. The fact that you, you know, Neil Stevenson, you met him and worked on this book way before, uh, you know, way back in the day. Uh, that's really, really cool. Um, it, and it goes right into Ready Player One. Right, absolutely. <laughs> we we talked about that we, two episodes ago uh, when uh, Dave the Turner was here, and everyone we were talking about all of those exact exact things. So, um, very. So the, I had the bar. I'm Ike from Ready Player One without really being Ike the character. Oh yeah. In Second Life, in Second Life, I was the guy selling the vehicles, my own vehicles from Starbase C3 which were original spaceships and designs. And you can see some of And I also ran, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of clubs. Sky Bar Cinema. There's a Sky Cinema, which is here, a movie theater. It's actually in all space now. A lot of these places are in hubs as well now. Uh, but so I had a whole science fiction community based on Starbase, which is a project from a few years earlier in Second Life. And, uh, and I also, you know, because I liked, I loved the vehicles I was selling from Battlestar Galactica and the Buck Rogers Starfighter. Wow. And uh, I didn't have an Iron Giant, but a giant, a giant Gigantor who's actually in here too in North Space now at a little movie theater. So all the things that you saw, and then people told me later on that, uh, what's his name, the author? Uh, of, Ernest uh, Klein. Klein uh, Ernest Klein. Was hanging out in my, he used to hang out as part of Starbase. What? Group. And this is so in, in a sense in, in second no way. So he was writing he was writing a fantasy about the things we were doing in real because I was doing a lot of these I had actresses, I had actors playing characters in the bar, and the Starbirds, which was like an all female like Thunderbirds pilot type thing. Mm. We did air shows, I sold the vehicles. It was all, you know, fictional conceit. Wow. And uh one of the things that was a problem was that people didn't realize who who was I. Was I Commander Riker, my avatar with the beard and the red jumpsuit, or was I Larry Rosenthal, the creator? And it caused all kinds of, you know, drama. <laughs> but again, it's just so funny that both of the, the two famous touchstones of Snow Crash and Ready Player One, I was kind of like a ghost yeah. in those like worlds that nobody really knows about. You're like the Forrest <laughs> Gump of uh, virtual reality. You're, you, you pop up in all of the famous spots. <laughs> That's pretty yeah it's a pretty good yeah i i, I you know I, I i used to call myself the uncle buck of VR, <laughs> yeah, exactly uh for the past few years Crazy. you know as all these new godmothers and godfathers show up uncle buck seemed to be the right description yeah so that, that's really interesting so let's so that that sort of takes us i guess uh through the 90s into the thousands uh do you want to take us from there to something uh, uh from a to a few years ago perhaps so what were you doing from that point so you got it really involved in 3d and in early second life 3d modeling and things like that and I well I, I i've been doing this for again for 30 years i mean you remember it, this is all about surfing and waves and you know and catching and when there were big waves getting as much as you can you know and then coming back down and just surviving and then coming back up again uh you know so uh so and i've been involved in this literally since was you know well vr since like 1990 we did a, a pot another guy i used to work with who we did a a cyberpunk tv show for late night pilot for abc television called the maintenance men's lounge it, it uh, was the first pilot ever the only other people doing what we were doing were ILM mm. and John Knoll. And, but we were in New York, so nobody knew. That was kind of the Terry Gilliam of mm. the group. Uh, we were doing virtual sets. Mm. And uh, we did the first one-hour Avid edit ever done. Wow. Uh, there was no quick time to put it out on. And we created a comedy late-night show. It was kind of like Max Headroom meets Cheers meets Saturday Night Live. Uh, and this is the early 90s in New York. And like I said, nobody other, we did things in Photoshop and Stratavision. And uh, so uh, there's been a long process. And that, that same partner, we did the first white, when VR was coming around, the first wave with the, with the Jaron Lanier wave. Uh, again, using Virtus because it was a perfect low polygon tool, we started prototyping games. And uh, we were both marketing guys from our advertising agency days, and Howard Barber was part of Saatchi and Saatchi. Mm. So we knew a lot of people. So we did the first white papers for like Miller Brewing, mm. 
So like, you know, the, the pirate game and all those, you know, so how to use VR mm. for doing LBEs and all that kind of stuff. Wow. So actually we spoke on the first time I was there at the first 92 Mechler VR show uh, where, uh, you know, we were doing a panel on, on marketing VR. I sat and had lunch with the guy who was trying to in, in show us the Sega VR that wasn't going to go anywhere. And I, and, and, all these companies with big, you know, Polhemus and Six Sense with all these, you know, thousands of dollars worth of VR headgear. And I said to myself, none of this stuff is prime mm -hmm. time. It's ready for an audience. And I looked at the two young guys with a laptop showing this stuff that wasn't even real time 3D. It was just 2D sprites. And you were like running down a hallway of bricks shooting at monsters. Mm -hmm. And on just like a 15 inch or 13 inch laptop and everybody else that kind of was laughing at them. And I said, no, no, no. These are the two guys who are going to get rich out of this mm -hmm. room. Everyone else here is going to be, you know, nowhere, you know, 30 years late, 20 years later, like we're talking. And that was, uh, that was Romero and, uh, Carmack Ver showing, uh, I guess Wolfenstein or Quake when they're maybe Wolfenstein oh, at that wow. point. Crazy. Oh, wow. So it was just, you know, it was, my point was, as a guy with a marketing in a marketing world, it was immersive enough. Yeah. So people look at this and say, "This isn't, you know, this doesn't look like on, doesn't look like, uh, you know, uh, two of us or one, you know, it doesn't look like that." I go, "It doesn't matter. It's immersive mm -hmm. enough." I mean, here we are. We're do, we're filming a television yeah. show. We're talking. We're communicating. Yeah. It's immersive enough. Yeah. Interesting. And so I guess those guys were. So like yeah. I said, they were finding a, a, a sort of a easily mainstreamable idea that would be exciting for a video game, and that's how they kind of found their way through. And that's how that, it, well, vid because video games. I mean, again, it's an issue that you know people love to say this is all about gamers and gaming, and I I never believed right. that. To me, this is a medium. It's like television. Yeah. If someone said to you in 1950, the only thing television is going to be good for is sports, <laughs> you'd look, you think you're nuts, or you know, or game shows. What about sitcoms? What about news? What about documentaries? What about the animal shows? You know, what about, you know, debates with, you know, uh, Nixon and Kennedy and all this? No, no, no. All we want to do is sell a box that has wrestling on it, you know, right. sports. Right. Uh, so, and that's this medium. You know, this medium is just the next evolution of television and the telephone kind of merged together uh, so that, you know, I, you know, as a design tool, it never went away. That was the whole point from the early 90s on. But it's like, you know, you said, where was I between 1995 and 2010? Right. We still were designing all this. Now, the company, the companies I was working with, a lot of them were game companies because they were just adopting 3D also for the first time in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, you know, and then the web attempted to do this, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, things have to die things to, to come to life right you know flat 2d like vector-based flash graphics had to be killed mm. uh for this 3d real-time media to have a chance right you know and that's really again what brought us maybe the 2010 or 15 let's put it that way yeah which i guess is what most people consider the modern age you know of uh, palmer and yeah. oculus yeah and it's uh yeah, you. So you uh, must you must have seen this whole social VR aspect come to life from the from the beginning. You've been around, so you're saying it wasn't only a, a gaming uh, medium; it was a medium of exchange, a medium of, of communication, and that's really where we are now. So, how have you seen this evolution, and do you see it? I'm really curious as to where you see it going, and is it continuing in this way? Look, I mean, what we're doing now, we did 25 years ago, right? Uh, I just, you know, I do these shows now in hubs. Right, uh, primarily, yeah. you know, uh, the Mediaverse Lounge. I did a show. Brett Leonard and I were doing the the, the uh, virtual word, you know, which a live audience recording multiple camera, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we what this is, you know, you're doing here Studio Fifty Four, mm -hmm. you know, television in 1952. This is your show of shows, mm -hmm. you know, your Sid Caesar, your mm -hmm. uh, uh, Bill Parr, not Johnny Carson. You're even, you know. 20 right. years earlier right uh so where are we going i mean uh we're 20 years away from johnny carson mm. and then we're 40 years away from jay leno mm. and and you know and the death of the tonight show mm. right uh 
to be supplanted by something else. Uh, that's where this is now. I mean, you know, like I say, we're at the timing. You know, everything is luck and timing in life. Mm-hmm. And the timing now for this medium, like I said, there's nothing else left to sell. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, Elon wants to sell brain implants and, you know, people push them to glasses, right. which aren't ready yet. Right. But they all, they're all part of the, you know, they, the brain implants will be a different thing. But when it comes to the, this, the eyeglasses, goggles, you know, and, and hand touch, eye, you know, eye, uh, eye hand versus eye ear, mm. which is television mm-hmm. and radio, you know, mm-hmm. uh, eye hand interactivity. Mm-hmm. That was like the second life logos an eye and a hand, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're, we're, we're still at the birth of that. I mean, second life was a great prototype. That's really what it became. We were, there were a lot of people prototyping it. They, they just, they were persistent. And again, a story, which you'll hear, you'll hear multiple truths about, but, uh, again, as I mentioned, I was the first one to really sell commerce you know looking for as a, as a content maker not a code maker mm-hmm. i was you know now i'm not i'm not a guy building platforms i'm a guy building content environments mm-hmm. stories narratives mm-hmm. you know avatars and spaceships and you know worlds to play in uh so i had to get paid too and that's been the issue mm-hmm. uh you know to do that you have to have a platform for years the platform makers they didn't want to make you know, the irony is the tool makers didn't want to make games for 10 years and then the game makers didn't want to make tools. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. That's been the, the you know. Well, but, but Second Life, again, you know, and now Philip's gone back there. Uh, they were persistent and they they were dying for a couple of years. And then uh, they actually, uh, the marketing director and the, C, the CTO, who's that same guy who ended up going to Facebook and probably getting uh, Facebook to buy Oculus, uh, it came to an SF Web 3D meeting that we ran. Uh, I ran the SF. I started New York Vermal Sig in the 90s in New York, part of the LA group in the mid 90s, and then in the early 2000s in San Francisco. And uh, they came, they went to a class of uh, Jane Veter students at SFSU who were all beta testers of Second Life, and they were all bored shitless. <laughs> they didn't have no any reason to use it anymore. And I said, well, not, of course, they're not going to have a re- They're not here to make you rich. Give them a reason. Give me a reason to take Starbase, this entire sci-fi world, which I launched on AOL, you know, eight years earlier, too early, uh, to come on in. And that was, I said, you know, take 10% like PayPal does for me. And that's the, you know, Linden dollar. That was the beginning of selling virtual objects in Second Life and save their, you know, that economy saved them. Yeah. It gave them, it gave people a reason to use right. it. It's, you know, and, and that's what this place will have to figure out too. Yeah. So that, you know, I didn't want to come back to it just yet, but I guess it's sort of a perfect segue to the, your, the idea of NFTs. Do you not believe that maybe NFTs might be the way that the metaverse can uh, fund uh, artists and fund creative people like you're talking about? It, yes, but not the, uh, not the, I'm not, I'm not consoled on the method. I mean, the NFT isn't the picture of the monkey. The NFT is the is 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 the receipt. Yeah. It's basically this long string streaming receipt mm-hmm. out there running through the ether. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of energy to look up something every time you want to prove that it's yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I mean, I was I was in every Web three D consortium meeting fighting for binary and copyright protection on three D assets since nineteen ninety five. And not making many friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't a popular right. position. Uh, but I'm not sure the current methodology of, of, you know, of the blockchain is the right way, the easiest way to do it. The reality is I kept my own ledgers on paper mm-hmm. selling virtual collectibles in 1995. You bought a spaceship. Uh, I offered the people, it was, it was like a Lego system. So every, the spaceship was like like these pieces in here that you built this room right. out of, right? So that if you use them and then built the room and then wanted to resell this room, you know, you take a per- I give you a percentage. Right. I I own the actual copyright, but you could now you know this is a, this is at a time when if you tried to make a Star Trek, you know, something online or you know you get sued. You know, Disney was suing everybody. You know, uh, 
but that invention, I guess, of fan-based transmedia, 3D transmedia, that's kind of what I kind of put together in 95 for the first time. Uh, AOL, luckily a right place, right time, right person, was building an entertainment asylum in LA, which was the first you know, $26 million playground for young, like the Yahoo places or Google or Snapchat in Culver City. Mm-hmm. This is 96. There was no LA the way you know right. it today. Uh, and uh, luckily, a guy I went to high school with named Scott Zacharin was the star of the moment. He was, you know, the Palma Lucky of the moment. He was, he created the spot with a bunch of friends, which was the first interactive uh, soap opera. Hmm. And uh, so he got, you know, $30 million and uh, uh, they chained him up with uh, Brandon Tartikoff, who was NBC's, you know, uh, head of programming, uh, Charlie Fink, who people know. We had from Charlie on, New York we had Charlie on this very stage. Yeah, he was standing right where you're standing well, before a couple episodes ago. Charlie was was there and Charlie, you know didn't help me much with Starbase, but I don't really blame right. him. He had his own agenda. Right. But uh, bottom line is, is that I, I came out from New York to LA to be like, hopefully to be the Voyager to their UPN. Got it. It was, you know, attracting eight, you go off an 18 to 35 year old male audience. I have a science fiction project. Uh, you know, it was meant to, Starbase was meant to be, you know, Star Trek is the TV. Star Wars was the film. Starbase, you know, is to the internet. Uh, you know, Star Citizen is everything I was doing with another $40 million. Right. Crazy. You know? Um, uh, so I, I, and we did it all at Vermal and 3D and, and Cybercoin wallets. And and we launched it. Uh, but again, you had other things to kill, like Flash. It was just the beginning of Flash at that point. So, uh, I mean, you know, right. it, it just, you know, it, it just didn't catch on. It, there was no, there was no pe- people who weren't promoting it. Because it wasn't selling what people want to sell at that moment, which was macromedia flash cartoons. Uh, before we go on to the next topic, I'll, I love all of this. We have a few questions from the audience or, or comments. So I just want to try to take those and see if they have something to add here. So, Colson, are you here, Colson? Oh, it doesn't seem to be working there. Let me get Colson off there. Uh, Renuka, you have something to add? Let me see if I can get yours going here. There you go. How's it going, Renuka? No? Anything? No. How's it going? Did you have a question or comment? Someone say no. No? Nothing? Okay. <laughs> All right. No problem. All right. Well, if anyone does have a question or comment, use the raise hand option and we will uh, we will include you in the conversation here. Um, so, okay. I, okay. So, yeah, that's interesting. So, we can, maybe if we have time at the end, we'll get back into, you know, uh, if there's an alternative to blockchain or if they're going to find a, 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 a easier, um, more scalable solution that's quicker and all of that kind of stuff. To- there just needs to be an equitable, you know, uh, you know, to me, I mean, you know, the virtual needs to be as real as the real a dollar to a dollar, yeah. for lack of a better term. Right. You know, I mean, if I'm going to if I'm going to spend an hour in the virtual world mm-hmm. building, you know, a staircase. Right. Might as well get paid the same as I would to build, you know, a staircase or something, a living wage, because I still have to go out and buy food in the real yeah. world. Yeah. And, you know, and it's the binary swings, which can't exist, but they, you know, but that's been the nature of what, you know, we keep doing those swings. Uh, well, let, hopefully it'll, it'll yeah. find the balance. Start consolidating. And, but it sounds like what you're talking about is a stable coin. So a stable coin is tethered to dollar to dollar. So maybe that would be more something that could be used in the, in the metaverse. Is it? Well, that yeah, that'd yeah. be great. I mean, look, I mean, I also, you know, I've sold on eBay for 25 right. years, uh, you know, but you know, Amazon and eBay are, are tied to a dollar, but you give up 30% of your sales mm-hmm. to them. Right. And there's no, and they're, they're a right. monopoly. Exactly. Right in that regard uh you know so there are very few people who can make a living like that you know you want to drive a cab you made you know you made a nominal living you're inactive for 30 years you drive a cab uh you know uber made that go away that reality you know uh we let we've let platforms you know i mean we live now in the you know the greatest uh you know separation between rich and poor and the platforms have been a t- the tool for them right. to do it. 
with them being, you know, the wealthy, the, you know, the, the VC or the VC lucky. Right. Uh, we, you know, you know, we're, you know, and future wise, we're, you know, we're at a very delicate stage right now between politics and economics. Absolutely. Especially in the West. And, it's, and especially with all of this technological innovation, everything's getting reinvented. It just feels like there's this, all these confluences of historical things that are happening right now. And it's very curious how things will come out 20 years from now. Um, it's, it's anyone's guess. Really. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm you know, and we, we, we're ignoring, we've ignored climate for 40 years as much as we've, you know, I mean, 40 years ago, I thought I'd be working on spaceships. Right. And I thought, I mean, I thought real spaceships. That's what I thought right. I'd be doing in college. My college thesis was on zero gravity space interiors. Right. You know, I'll be designing space shuttle interiors and space stations. But the, the real, the reality was, is that by 1985, uh, every, the, the West decided to put all their money into inner space, not outer space. Mm -hmm. Right. Inner space meaning the PC right. computer. Right, right. You know, this. Right. And uh, and we've now had 50, you know forty years of that, and you know, and at the same time we've kind of ignored even outer space, not just outer space like stars, but like outer space like you know the ice shelf uh, in Antarctica, and you know we've got twenty years maybe to try and uh, you know I don't know we'll see, but right. you know if we you know <laughs> climate might unplug us, and if it unplugs us, all this nice little stuff goes away. Yeah. You know, we're, we're one we're one brown out away from yeah. from all this, you know, virtual crap not meaning very much. Yeah, and I, I agree. It's it's getting to a, a crisis point. It's probably past a, a crisis point, but I'm hoping that technology maybe got us into this mess. It can save us as well, and we can find a solution to get carbon out of the air, or we can, you know, find some kind of a technological solution. Yeah, well, I mean, I spent. Uh, you know, you want you know talk about you know more modern stuff in in the last two years. So I you know uh, just quickly. So I so in 2010 I had raised five million dollars to come to LA and really start the first VR studio, Pixar VR, hmm. uh, and then the economy crashed hmm. and it didn't happen. Hmm. So I ended up like burn notice. I ended up in Miami. You know, it's that old t television show Burn Notice. You know, <laughs> and it's like you know when you're yeah when you're a spy and you're burnt. You know, you're nowhere. And Miami was nowhere. Hmm. Uh, but a few years later, I, I got a chance to come back here, have a third act. And uh, I then became QBXR with a new partner, uh, Blair May to Polly. And we started working with, uh, hopefully, we, we had a connection. We started working with the World Bank on a project called Guardians of Gaia. Mm -hmm. And uh, it would have been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a Pokemon, an AR, an AR 20 year. IP creation, the Marvel Universe-sized AR IP dealing with climate action. Mm. So, wow. uh, uh, changing the narrative. Wow. You know, Captain Planet for new generation. Right. It took three, you know, but, you know, over three years, uh, reality is tech companies don't like to put money into big projects. They like to put the money into whatever promotes the current, uh, the next widget, you know. Mm. We're only going to put money into what, you know, promotes the Oculus 3. Mm -hmm. You don't really, you know, know any more than that. Mm -hmm. uh, but recently, I mean, I, I was just, you know, just in here two nights ago for the thing with the UN yep. and Act Now. Yeah. Uh, so, but I think, you know, so we, I connected with them. So we'll see. Uh, and, you know, guard, so, you know, the IP Guardians of Gaia and what we were trying to do with it all exists. But maybe, you know, it's always, again, timing and luck. Mm -hmm. yep. So, you know, our luck in timing was also the beginning of the Trump administration and nobody could mention climate change, you know, right. and, and, you know, Ivanka, you know, Ivana was, Ivanka was going to be the head of the, of the world bank at that point. Right. So, right. so we, you know, we were trying, right. that's the point, right. You know, we spent three years of our lives trying wow. uh, to, you know, to use this medium, you know, and say like the nascent television, use this medium to, to give a message and to hopefully get, you know, people thinking about the real world as much as they were all this polygonal nonsense. Right. Well, that's I mean, it. It's not, you know, it's not, nothing's over till it's over. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, IP is yours until you, you give it away. So uh, we got to, got to keep pushing. It's a message that needs to be out there more than ever. So hopefully 
maybe the maybe some of these that's listeners right. will uh will will hear that and get in touch with you we'll have to um... well that's I, you know mention you know the, the, that snow crash but like starbase c3 i've owned it since 95 paramount and the other Sony, you know, tried all these deals, but I never, I never gave them the rights to it. Right. So, uh, you know, so if they weren't ready for it, and they weren't, uh, at least I wasn't killed. I, I knew lots of people who uh, gave away their IP during the Flash cartoon bubble. Mm. They created lots of animated shows. You mentioned some of the stuff you're doing, but uh, you know that was very hot in the, in the '90s and early 2000s in LA. Mm. And a, and a lot of them, you know, created all these duck characters and crazy characters and such, but they all gave them away mm. for that momentary, you know, and some of them, some of them don't have great, you know, endings, those stories, but, wow. you know, such is life, you know, right. <laughs> Hollywood, yeah, yeah. broken, broken dreams. broken dreams. That's right. Unfortunately, it can be true sometimes. All right. So there's another project that I think uh, I saw that CubeXR was working on. That's this Arcadia Virtual. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So Arcadia Virtual uh, is really the mo most current thing that we've been doing. Uh, you know, uh, so coming out of... Uh, the second life period, uh, I had built, uh, I was doing a lot of corporate work. And of course, there was a whole movement for educators. Uh, you know, there's this whole educators in VR movement here now in alt space. Uh, but uh, it was all started, it was a whole movement again in, in second life in 2007, approximately. Uh, then, uh, so I built these module systems of office buildings and campuses. Uh, I then took them to Open Sims, which was kind of the open version of Second Life. And uh, uh, these campus pods and office pods, and I licensed them out to small universities and people use them for training. And at the point, nobody, uh, by 2014, all of that died, okay? Uh, all of the uh, interest in the metaverse and avatars, chatting, everything we're doing here, died it's crazy okay uh and then it was all replaced by goggles 360 movies mm. you know and that was vr mm. and, expend, and spending money on camera rigs gopros you know taking 30 gopros mm. putting them all around your body and running around in 360 video mm -hmm. that was vr mm -hmm. uh but that was to me i said this is crazy this is not what it is mm -hmm. uh you know so uh and so again Everything dies, something new happens. COVID happens. Everybody gets locked in their apartments, locked in their homes. They learn how horrible Zoom calls are, mm -hmm. right? Because Zoom is net, mate, net meeting from 1999 for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was horrible then too. Mm -hmm. uh, but so people need to learn, they need to teach, they need to speak, they need to do TV shows, get together, do conferences. Uh, and that's really where Arcadia Virtual comes together. We updated it all to use it in hubs. Uh, I could drop it into alt space as well. So basically, the systems are all now eight campuses, kind of trying to create a uh, kind of like an Oxford system of of uh, schools. And we've been talking to different educators and teachers uh, to basically come in and uh, do education and and work like a you know basically be the three D component to a MOOC program uh so, so it's at these different campuses a mooc is a uh, massively online uh something learning okay Got it. you know it's like you know <laughs> my partner is better with right. what a mooc is I, every time i say it i from new york i think <laughs> of like it's a bad line from a you know like from a, a Scorsese yeah yeah movie. yeah exactly yeah you, <laughs> right, right, right. you know it's joe pesci yeah, talking yeah, yeah. what do you mean you mooc <laughs> right. but uh but, but basically, the, the like you know the online learning systems, mm -hmm. you know we you know we take classes and the videos and the PDF files and you know all this stuff. Uh, but of course, you know again one to one learning like what we're doing here and talking and you know having an audience and stuff. You know you, you don't need and again it's not going to be a thousand people in a room you know dancing with the same animated beat. You know, you put 40 people in a room and you've got, you know, a law class, right. you know, you've got a, a design class you can critique, you know, you got to crit, you know, for architecture and design. Yeah. 
So that's Arcadia Virtual. Uh, and uh, we've been looking, we're talking with partners and we're trying to raise some money for it. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, as I said, it's all web-based, you know, uh, using the Hubs Mozilla stuff. Uh, it, it, it lends itself out. It's so much easier to use, you know. And again, you know, uh, like Altspace, I mean, uh, I don't know how many people here are on 2D versus 3D, you know, hands versus uh PC laptops. Yeah. Let's see. Well, yeah, let's see here. We got Daniel is with hands. We got Hero is on the PC. Dave's on PC. We got Mr. Fake is doing the dance back there. Futurosity is right. on a computer. So about half and half, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's right. Like and when I would do events too like this, you know, I'd say it's, it's still been like 80, 20, 70, 30. Mm -hmm. You know, most people on a PC or, yeah. you know. Uh, so, you know, meet them where they come, you know, right. meet them where they come in from. Right. And and the web is just a URL, a URL away, uh, you know. I mean, it's gotten, you know, it, it got better, it got worse at all space. I'll make it that comment, you know, in terms of trying to log in. This was good. I got in pretty easily. Uh, with the mic, you know, for some reason, the thing I tried to do with the act, uh, act now, uh, you know, between the Microsoft password and stuff, it made me go through that whole act yeah. load already registered so yeah. but this is stuff that you know needs to get you know the friction is the term people like to use yeah you got to remove the friction to bring in the masses yeah. and uh and that's it and like i say i think you know it'll get more and more immersive it'll get more and more uh you know uh visually you know the production value of it the shadows and the shaders and the frames per second It'll all go up because that's what the tech industry needs to do anyway. Yeah, of course. You know, they're dedicated to make it going faster, and you know everything's got to be faster and more, and more. Otherwise, there's no reason to sell the next version, you know, phone or the next version chip or whatever. Yeah, and of so, course, Meta just announced that they are releasing in 2022 the high-end Oculus Quest, which is called the Meta Quest now, I suppose. So it's going to be a. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't. I didn't hear this yet. I thought about the Quest Three. It, earlier it's yeah it's it's not the quest i think it's not the same line as quest so it's not considered the quest 3 it's a new line that's a high-end line and it will be released in 2022 uh so that will bring in new graphics and all of that kind of stuff um which is exactly now, what, what are they about. doing in terms of licensing i mean i'm on a rift s oh wow and i love it right okay uh I, you know I, I i i put together you know a uh 20 uh 60 ti whatever machine on a rift s uh you know maybe a half a year before covid you know mm -hmm. and so i've been on that working you know and i could spend eight hours working in it it's comfortable wow. enough no battery issues uh, i can design it i can come in here and talk have conversations you know build stuff uh but you know and i i've had to go uh my partner has has a quest one uh, to use because you have to you have to have the tools to be able to sample stuff that you're working right. on, like make sure Arcadia works and yeah. everything. Uh, but I but I'll be honest, I'm not I was never crazy about the whole. I don't use Facebook. I have an account, but I don't use it very often. It's still family and friends. Right. Uh, so the issue of that whole Facebook account, uh, you know, and uh, I wonder what this pro if if they'll take this pro device, which will be maybe a few thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. And free it up. There's a, there's a meme that uh, is out there on Twitter that uh, what's his name did with me as Arda as uh, Commander Adama from Battlestar Galactica, mm -hmm. uh, which is you know, and it says it's a, it's a meme of, of saying uh, all I want is a damn peripheral, hmm. you know, my HMD. All I want is a peripheral. All I want is an HMD that's a damn peripheral, you know, right. it doesn't require all this sign up stuff. Mm. And uh, is that you know, and that's still the way I is feel. that how is that why you build on uh, Mozilla as opposed to one of these other services? Uh, or why why Mozilla? I, I chose yeah because I because there's I know that I won't lose the work. It'll continue. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, like I say, the star. My joke is my pants, my avatar's pants are here, but in other world, like I'm a 25 years old, the JPEGs, the models. Right. I mean, the Starbase models are 25, 30 years old, and I still use them in Mozilla Hubs. They're in here, too. They've been imported from, you know, they started as, uh, 
OBJ and the Vermal, mm-hmm. and now they're uh, glib, you know, GL, you know, glib files versus uh, GLNT, but uh, FT. But the bottom line is, is that I keep keep the copyright, keep the keep the assets, keep the standard, you know, open standards versus open source. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a future to it. I mean, uh, when you're on someone's platform, you don't know what that future is. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what the educators learned when dealing with Second Life in 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 the uh, mm. in 2000s. They all they all went out and sold it and sold it to all these you know all their schools for for a certain price, and then they were told that price was no good, mm-hmm. and they had to they backed off. They were not happy. Interesting. Uh, it's a history that lesson that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, but it occurred. Right. Uh, and so you're saying you no, know, I, I don't. You know. Yeah, so they were they had a they I mean, they had a basically a business that they had built in Second Life, and then they tried to sell that business, but then the owner of the platform decided, no, you can't do that. We're gonna sort of appropriate. From it. what I, from my memory and from what I understand, uh, there was a large component of educators wanting to do you know education using Second Life, mm-hmm. like educators in VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, Second Life charged three hundred dollars for a server sim, an island. Which was a you know a rental of part of a, a server, so that you could bu- you get a, a big square of vi- a space that you can build mm-hmm. in, right? And they charge three hundred dollars. Uh, that's a lot of money for a school. Right. So they decided to cut it to two hundred dollars. Okay, and so a lot of educators took that price and then went to the school boards, heads of the school, and sold that. And then it was taken away from them. I see. In other words, when it came a year later, when it came time to do it, it was taken away. Right. And they were not happy. And if anybody knows about education, you know, it takes a year or two to get, you know, something checked off on and then actually get it funded. And, you know, it's it's not like it's not, you know, a startup that can, you know, pivot in a week from NFTs to, uh, you know, Web Four or whatever the heck they want. You know, Web yeah. Three to Web Four is a press release and a pivot yeah. for a tech company out of you know it's five guys in the basement or you know or whatever. Uh, but that's what happened, and it, you know, I, you know, for the for the you know the deeper facts, you'd have to speak to people who were you know, right? You know, really in, impacted by it. Yeah. But I, I, you know, again, as I say, I, I've been a been around enough of this for a long time to see it so right. well that know, yeah and that's, I, you know i hope that it'll get better you know i mean i hope those lessons are learned by microsoft as they push this forward wonder you know uh, and by the way if any we're we're, we're getting uh, closer to the end here if anyone has any thoughts questions or comments uh for larry uh, now's your chance uh use the raise hand option we'll call on you um but this sort of leads us into the future we've talked about the future quite a bit but what do you think might be a solution to that do you think if it's if not a decentralized platform or if not uh, a platform that we are co-owners in as users uh which is sort of what web is trying to do is do you see another way or how are you thinking that we can avoid things well i think most successful medium was the yeah. web because okay. uh you know and, and i i mean you know and especially web one before web two because mm. uh well, one, anybody could build a website and put it up. You know, you had a relationship with an ISP, mm-hmm. you paid them uh, for the server space. They managed the server, make sure it was running. Uh, they they really didn't care what you put on it, you know, unless it was going to get them, you know, thrown in jail. Uh, but the reality was, is that uh, it was pretty easy. And there was a, a Cambridge, explo- you know, Cambrian explosion of content, of media. Uh and the production value when Flash came went through the roof, and it created the modern, you know, internet. Uh, you know, and the, the large platforms died. AOL died. Delphi. I mentioned I was mentioning earlier. I I, you know, I was approached once by, by Delphi when Fox bought them, and they were chasing CD-ROMs after AOL, and I gave them a good plan, but they they didn't follow it. They decided then. You know, by the time they got ready, they decided to chase the web, and the web's production value was right back down the toilet at that point. It was a gray page with black text and GIF files. And then a year later, they called me up again and said, can you help us build a website, you know, a game site? And uh, fine, and I got paid too much money for 
three weeks work, which was great, but they didn't, they didn't go anywhere with that either. You know, I mean, then they bought, you know, then, you know, uh, MySpace was bought later on and they missed that out and they, you know, and YouTube, I mean, not YouTube, uh, you know, uh, Facebook, it builds a better interface or basically, you know, the next generation AOL, it becomes, a, you know, it, but they, then they close it down, you know, it becomes a closed system. Mm -hmm. right. uh, a platform yeah and and that's you know i i don't think any of those any of those are answers you know for you know for people to use net you know so you need the freedom of the web you need open standards i think you know i think open standards for all the content and i think uh you know anything that's a platform should be open source mm -hmm. So that anybody has access to it there can't be any hidden secrets mm. you know uh i don't mind the mix of services that are paid or not you know that are closed and not pay or paid or not paid mm. you know based on the open source mm -hmm. engines but uh that's again where i think the mozilla stuff was interesting and the hub stuff is interesting it's again it's not the most powerful engine you know it's not unreal right you know and and you know, unity unity was Designed for Web 3D when it was created. You know, I was, you know, I was, I was the evangelist for a company called Mind Avenue that had a product called Axel 3D, which, uh, which is, you know, was competing with Unity and others. Anarch, uh, Brilliant Digital, Shockwave 3D, which was Macromedia's product. This was the Web 3D of the early 2000s. Uh, you know, they were again, uh, so. They were, and they were used for mini games and, you know, the same thing that people are doing with them now. But you could take the once they added, you know, once uh, the multi-user uh, avatar stuff was added to it. And again, that was maybe 2010 uh, after Second Life. That started what we're in right now. I mean, that's how this got built, which was Unity plus a multi-user server. Mm. I think it was called Fox Space or Fox something. Fox Chat was like mm. the first server. It was the first multi-user server that was integrated to Unity, basically bring avatars together in a Unity-based engine-driven mm -hmm. world. But again, we're all, I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know what Microsoft can do with this because, again, the I mean, I guess Flex is their way of trying to take all the coding into their own. You know, I mean, they own Microsoft has bought and killed multiple 3D technology X3D. They own the remnants of. Uh, of Vivite, of Flux, and Media Machines, and the Visix, hmm. which was the tools that I was working with with Tony Parisi and Keith, uh, Keith, uh, I feel the last name. But uh, they own all that code. Hmm. You know, they had Wild Tangent before that. Hmm. Uh, you know, and so, but this is, you know, so they have to find out, you know, figure out how to have a business of Unity's engine. But, yeah. you know, so I don't know. I mean, you know, I think some of those engines, maybe, you know, I, I mean, just to give us a get history, I mean, I can never use Blender. I use Blender now. Blender's been around. I've known, you know, the founder of Blender for 25 years. Wow. Uh, Blender never had an interface that I could even want to deal with. Uh, but now Blender's time is here the same way that uh, 25 years ago, Autodesk kicked uh, Silicon Graphics butt out of the industry. As the PC put out the the mini computer and the alias and you know SGI machines, uh, every twenty five years the hardware switches over and brings new software opportunity. That's where we are. I mean, that's where Blender. So somebody takes one of these game engines that's built in Blender that's open source and extends it to do this. Now all of a sudden you've got completely open source, you know, and you do it with web based thinking. Hmm. Uh, you you have a metaverse there. You have the you have the pieces to make a metaverse. It may not be as pretty as a AAA game or a PlayStation Five, but pretty isn't the issue of of doing what we're doing yeah. here, yeah. which is community. Yeah, maybe not at first, but maybe it develops, and maybe like you said, there's a Cambrian explosion, and people add to it and add to it. So we, we the bottom line is here that I think everyone could agree we need you to invent it, Larry. That's what we're waiting for. We're wait <laughs> right, guys? We're, wait we're, we're, we're waiting for Larry to come up with I, the web tree that's open for I'm all. I'm a creative guy. I wish, <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 
I, I've I've sat there with studios having the you're going to be the Spielberg of VR moment three times in my career, and none of it ever happened uh, because I'm a because by nature I'm a designer and a creative right. guy. I'm not a programmer, and that's in the problem is that most you know they follow right. the programmers. The money follows right. the programmer. Right. I mean, uh, and you know that's been a dilemma. Yeah. And uh, and you know you got to find you got to find the right team. Again, I was already an old you know I was I was already an old man when this was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I mean I grew up in a you know I grew up making eight millimeter films with my teenage friends. Right. You know, uh, not making computer games. Right. Uh, but hey, anybody with a, with who's got some money or some computer talent, I'm willing to talk, and I'm certainly. Uh, I mean, Arcadia Virtual. Arcadia Virtual wants to grow. Uh, it wants to be a, an open kind of, uh, you know, educational community. Uh, you know, and and again, you know, if it's not blockchain, it's something else. But it, you know, but it's tried to be based on equity. Absolutely. You know, on fairness and of communication, and uh, you know, and 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 it's not meant to be a game. It's not going to be gamified per se, you know. It's you're not in it, you know, to to have a virtual avatar score, and you know, it's an extension of real life. Right. Well, where can people get in touch with you in the real world, in the metaverse, on Web One, Web Two, or Web Three? How could they best reach out to you? Three. (laughs) Uh, Email Cubex. I'm Larry at CubeXR.co. Uh, I'm at Larry Rosenthal on Twitter. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn as Larry Rosenthal. And uh, those are probably the easiest ways to get through to me. You know, uh, I'm always on, you know, I'm always on Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, email's always, you know, been open. So that's the easiest way. And uh, anyone here who's interested also in doing these kind of things, we were, uh, just quickly, uh, so yeah, I, I took on being co-chair of LA Seagraph uh, yeah. this year, and uh, so this month we launched a virtual space. We have a virtual campus now, Hilton Hubs, and uh, you know for the last year, almost two years, all the meetings have been Zoom calls. You know, we did one with the, the special effects artists from Dune. Mm. Uh, we we did one on uh, 4D design and art. Uh, you know. It's uh, next one week from now, uh, XR stage stuff. It's like AR wall with Renee, his company. So, uh, so with it's because of the scheduling, it's happening early February, like seventh uh, or third, beginning of the next Tuesday, as opposed to usually like the third Tuesday. Uh, and there'll be a Zoom call. Uh, it's in conjunction, I think, with the Producers Guild. But then afterwards, if you're a member. You join up, become a member of LA of the LA Sig SIGGRAPH, and uh, and then the, the the speakers will do like a meet and greet, like we're doing here, uh, in the virtual world. After so you know, you know you won't get everybody showing up. You know, like the the uh, the Dune world. I think we had like a few hundred viewers. You know, watching it. You know, virtually on video, but then we you know then the effects artists and we all met. You know, thirty of us. You know, it's in the space, and we're able to, you know, talk and chat and, you know, meet and greet. So that's something that people can join. And you don't have to be local anymore because everything is virtual. But you don't have to live in L.A. to be a member of L.A. Seagraph. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's kind of why I got involved with them, too, is kind of rebuild it. L.A. Seagraph used to be really, like, the largest uh, thousands of members, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you know, Seagraph really was the powerhouse for computer graphic and design creativity many years. Uh, and, and LA is also a great place because of all the museums, I mean, once we get through COVID, it's going to be a very interesting place for all this new media, right. you know, between AR and museums and virtual spaces and real spaces. And, uh, so that's what I'm selling from them. And, uh, and people could just go on, you know, LAC graph, find it and pick out, it's a, uh, it's called fun. Uh, fun on XR, XR stages is, is the event uh, next week. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we will uh, have this episode out in a couple of weeks. We may miss it on the show notes, but we will make sure we put all of this uh, if they can you know, reach out to you anyway and get the next event at 
LAC yeah. graph would be great. Um, and by the way, just uh, just one more, you know, as I, you know, Arcadia Virtual, uh, you know, I have a few people who want to start doing seminars in it, you know, and I'm going to start doing my own. One of the things I really never did was my own. So past month, I've been taking, you know, stories that I've been telling here and all the other work and kind of uh, putting it into a program so that we could do a history of XR. And then uh, I have a thing called uh, XR Transmedia Codes, which is kind of a how, how you create you know, IP for this medium. And it's kind of a choose your own adventure book on a black, you know, like on a, like on a uh, chalkboard. Uh, I did it a few times at a couple of shows five years ago, uh, but I'm going to start doing it. And I want, you know, in Arcadia and either it'll be free or I'll start charging a, a nominal fee. Maybe you know, I think I'll probably charge a nominal mm -hmm. fee uh, for people to come and, you know, because everybody's doing it. So I might as well, you know, it myself absolutely i might be joining you for that one <laughs> sounds uh sounds great you can sign me up <laughs> you get a free ticket oh, <laughs> come on down that's all this was for just trying to get the free ticket there we go no, that's awesome um well uh it's been uh it's been really really great having you here larry i'm glad you could make it your a living breathing encyclopedia for everything digital and and everything your wealth of knowledge you have you can tell that it's the an experiential knowledge as opposed to a knowledge that you got from a textbook uh, which makes it so much more yeah. sort of uh a deep and uh, appreciate uh, that yeah I, I never got to, i didn't write i never got to write i just did right yeah no it definitely yeah, i appreciate that definitely comes across absolutely so so thank you so much for coming and and thank you all for teleporting into this world cast of simulation nation whether you're with us in virtual reality, listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watching Inglorious Technicolor on YouTube. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, where you can see Larry and I are doing it out in Web2, uh, or our Discord server. Then join us next time for Futurosities, Flicks and Picks with Futurosity as he joins us to look back at the 2009 film Surrogates. Until then, stay plugged, my friend.